excited because today what, what we're going to do is we normally here at Bryant, we like to take a book and just walk through that book. And so what we're going to do, we just finished up Jonah. So we're going to take a few Sundays here just without going into another book study and just kind of just see what the Lord's leading us. And, and the first place I want to go is something that's really stirred in Melissa and my heart is just... Um, just this, this hunger for the Lord. And, and, and I want to thank all of you guys who came out for our night of prayer last Sunday night. We had an amazing attendance. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. And it, what was awesome about it was, you know, you say night of prayer, and we're just solely devoting it to prayer. So, you know, the first service really gets behind it. And, and they're so faithful. I mean, they're great. And so it's usually hard to find anybody under 60 at prayer meeting but I will say, you guys represented last Sunday night. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate you coming out. And, and the Spirit of God moved. We had a great prayer service. It was awesome seeing everybody just cover this campus and anointing all the rooms and all. I mean, we even had people playing, praying over the sound booth, which we desperately needed that today. Uh, but uh, we, we thank you, thank you, thank you for those. But So that's just kind of been our heart lately, is this, is this hunger for the Lord. And so that's where we're going to go today. We're going to cover a lot of verses, but our main verse is going to be found in Matthew chapter 5. But before we talk about that, I want to, I want to talk about hunger. Have you guys ever been hungry? And if you're not hungry, you will be by the end of this sermon. So just stick with me. Uh, we will get you out so you can get some food. But uh, we've all been hungry, you know, and every single one of us knows what, what it's about to be hungry. And it's something we experience in our bodies, and it's part of what we're designed to experience, you know. And it's a pretty powerful thing. It has influence on our life, doesn't it? I mean, it, food has ability to direct us. Hunger will motivate you. Hunger will definitely uh, move you. Hunger affects your behavior. It affects your emotions. Come on. So how many in here get hangry? Come on. Yeah, that's right. I, be honest. Yeah. <laughs> we know, you know, you, you get hangry. You know, one of our, in our family gets hangry. I won't tell who it is because she's not here today, but uh, we'll just leave that alone. But you get hangry, right? And so there's, in those moments, so if you don't know what hangry is, it's when you get hungry, you get angry, right? And so it's like you have try to have a conversation with somebody and it's like, all right, you know what? We're just going to stop, get you some food. And then we'll continue this conversation later because it's going nowhere until you eat, right? It's like those Snickers commercials. You need a Snickers? You know, that's what it's like. And so we experience, all of us experience hunger. Why? Because that's how God created us, isn't it? He created us with a hunger inside of us. And hunger is a good thing in our life. You know, you're like, well, I'm, I must be really good because I'm hungry all the time. Well, maybe not to that extent. But for the most part, hunger is a good thing in your life, right? Because hunger is a sign of health. Hunger is a sign of health. It's a sign that we're lacking in substance and we need to replenish, right? This is how we grow. This is how we're healthy, some of us. This is how we thrive, right? And, and this is, it's a good thing for you, you know? If you ever had kids, you know when they don't want to eat, it usually means one or two things. One, they found the cookies before dinner, right? And they don't want to eat now. Or two, there's something wrong with them right? That's like a red flag. You know, my son, he eats very healthy, right? He eats all the time, even before supper, after supper. I mean, after school, but, I mean, anytime he's eating, right? And so, understandably, he eats so much when he doesn't want to eat. That's like a red flag for us as parents. We're like, oh, you're passing up a meal? 
Like, let me check. Come here. Come here. You're like feeling their head, right? You're like, you got a temperature or something. Something's wrong, right? And so when, they're not, when they don't want to eat, we know as a parent or grandparent, you understand there's something wrong. So one of the signs that you probably, there's a problem with your hunger is you don't have an appetite and, and you're not hungry. So really hunger is a gift from God. It's a gift from God. But how many knows God's always teaching us, Right? Sometimes it's even a little annoying sometimes. Let's be honest. I mean, come on, we're honest. We're friends here. Sometimes God's teaching you something. You're like, God, I just want to learn right now, you know? But God's always teaching us. And so many times God gives us things in the physical to teach us about lessons in the spiritual, right? And this is one of those times. So God allows us to experience something in the physical that represents something in the spiritual. And this is one of those times. God created this appetite in us. And he relates that to a spiritual hunger that we're to have for God and for the things of God. And so we know this. We know that we don't just hunger for food, right? There's all, every single one of us, Christian, not Christian, there's a hunger inside of us that needs to be filled. Like there's a spot inside of you. You need to be filled. You need to be satisfied. And so we try, don't we? We try to feel this. We try to feel this long in our heart with significance. We try to feel relationships. We try to feel with love. We try to feel with joy. We try to feel with all these things. Because why? Because we want to be full. Because there's a hunger inside of us. Right? And we see this. We know this to be true. That we have this hunger inside of us. And we have to be fulfilled. We have to be satisfied. And this is a great thing. The great thing is God wants us to be filled. God wants us to be satisfied. Jesus said this in John 10.10. 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I come so that you would have life. And have it abundantly. Some versions say have it to the fullest. And that's what God wants us. He came for us to be filled. So you say, okay, pastor, how does this happen? How do we be filled in our spirits? I'm glad you asked. That's where we're going this morning. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Look at it. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. So here in verse 1, Jesus gives us really good news for the hungry people. Look how he starts this verse out. Blessed, right? Blessed. Here's a trick question for you this morning. How many want to bless life? You know, that should be 100%. We should all be raising our hand. And Jesus shows us how to have a blessed life in this one little verse. I mean, it's amazing. Blessed are those who what? Who hunger. And that word hunger there, it's a, it's a deep longing or a deep need. So blessed are those who are hungry. Some of you are in this morning, so I'm really blessed because I'm really hungry right now, right? But blessed are those who are hungry. Okay, but, but we know that when you're hungry, it's not just that you eat, it what, it's what you eat that matters, right? It's not that you eat, it's what you eat, right? So for breakfast, now I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but how many had a donut for breakfast this morning, right? Okay, <laughs> oh yes, some raise their hands, but... Okay, so let's examine this for a second. Now, I'm not judging your food choices, but think about a donut for breakfast, right? It, 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 it's great, right? I mean, a donut, all that sugar hitting your body is like just the most amazing thing in the world. But that don't last very long. We understand this. It, one, it makes you super hyper, and then you crash, right? And then you're like tired, and like 10 o'clock, you're like, I just want to take a nap, you know? Unless, okay, let's examine if you had a healthy breakfast, right? How about getting some eggs in your system, getting some protein, maybe some bacon, or, 
you know, I don't believe in this, but even turkey bacon or turkey sausage, I hear that's a thing. You know, I would never endorse that in my whole life, but I heard it's a thing, right? But so you examine that, okay, so that way it's healthy for you, right? It's good stuff that you're putting in your body. And so it's not that just you eat, but it's what you eat that matters. This is never more true unless you had kids, right? If you ever had kids, you know this is the truest thing. They will eat anything, right? I mean, if it even looks like food, they're going to put it, like, that's a Lego. Well, it looked like a chicken nugget, but it's a Lego, right? I mean, there's, you know, if you had kids and you ever had a, a dog, listen, your kid ate dog food, let's be honest, right? I mean, they just love, like, hey, this looks good, let's pop it in there, right? Or they get in the car and there's a french fry from like three months ago. Hey, there's a french fry, I'm going to eat that, right? And so the kids, they're popping all this stuff in their mouth. You're like, whoa, 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 don't eat that, right? Why? It's not good for you. So you're constantly t- calling out your kids, hey, 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 don't eat that, it's not good for you. They're hungry and they're just trying to fill up, but they're filling up on the wrong things, Right? The reality for our lives and our world is that we have this hunger. Every single human being has this hunger. And we're trying to fill up on these things that are not good for us. We're trying to fill up on these things that we think is going to satisfy me. This is going to be my, make my life have purpose. It's going to make me, I'm going to have meaning now. I'm going to be uh, in a higher position in my work, or I'm going to make more money. I'm going to get that new car. I'm going to get the bigger house. I'm going, get, I'm going to get all these things trying to fulfill my life because I'm not full. I'm hungry. I'm not satisfied. There's a whole book in the Bible that speaks to this, the book of Ecclesiastes. If you ever read it, it is written by Solomon, and we know Solomon, interesting us, pretty much had everything right. But the book of Solomon, the book of Ecclesiastes, is Solomon's quest to find what will fill his life so he's satisfied. And it's kind of funny if you walk through this, I mean, it sounds so familiar to our culture today that there's this hunger that he's trying to find what will fill it. He tries everything, he tries education. He tries to become one of the smartest people on earth, right? And so he's studying, he's researching, he's studying, and, and come to find out it didn't work. That didn't satisfy his soul, right? And then he throws himself in his job. Well, I'm a king, so let me just do that. So he does all these works, he does these projects, he starts helping to bless people, and you know, I'll be a good king. And he throws himself in work, but we know that didn't work either. It didn't satisfy his soul. And then he, he thought, okay, well, maybe it's fame and popularity. So he started his big social media campaign, right? He wanted to be an influencer. And to understand that didn't work either. That didn't make him feel fulfilled. So even after that, he went the party route. He bought a lot of wine. He paid for a lot of ladies. And that didn't fulfill him either. He still was not satisfied. It didn't work. There was this hunger in Solomon, and he couldn't find anything to satisfy. Does that sound familiar? I mean, every one of us have had similar experiences, or maybe even some of us here this morning are in this experience right now. We're like, if I could just get that one thing, I'll be happy. If I could just reach this level, you know what? I'll be good, I'll call it good, and I'll stop right there. And we know friends, we know family members who are chasing after things, looking to be fulfilled, and none of it is good for them. And the honest truth is there's nothing here on earth that's going to feel that spiritual hunger inside of each and every one of us. Our souls cannot be satisfied for anything we can find on earth. 
That's why Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for what? For righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Why? Because those who hunger and thirst for righteousness are what? They're the ones who get filled. They're the ones who are satisfied. They're the ones whose hunger gets filled up. So each one of us are hungry. We try to fill that hunger and we understand what that means. If you really want to be filled, if you really want to be satisfied, again, nothing here on earth can do that. It only can be found in righteousness. You know, think about it. Your physical life is dependent upon food and water, right? And the same is true. We won't be able to live spiritually without righteousness. It's like food for our soul. We try. We give it a good shot. But we can't do it. So I want to to go right there for a second. So then what is righteousness? I mean, Jesus made a big deal of righteousness. I think we understand, but let's just do a quick refresher course on righteousness. We see righteousness throughout the Word of God. God tells us himself righteousness. He himself is righteousness. His Word is righteousness. So what does it mean? And the very simplest definition, without taking a whole sermon to, to talk about the definition of righteousness, very simplest definition of righteousness being made right with God. Being made right with God. Righteousness has to do with our position with God. And the Bible clearly tells us none of us are righteous. Ecclesiastes 7.20 says, Surely there is not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. And you know, if you've been with us through Romans and Galatians, you understand this. Like, we pounded it with you, all right? Righteousness, not, you have nothing to offer to righteousness. A great example of righteousness is Jesus is wearing a suit jacket. You give your heart to the Lord. He takes a suit jacket off and puts it on you. And he's clothing you in his righteousness. That way when God looks at you, he doesn't see your sin. He doesn't see your past. He doesn't see your failures. He doesn't see your mistake. He sees his son. And that's righteousness. Therefore, we understand that even the good things we do are not, doesn't make us acceptable to God. That's why I love Romans 1, 17. For in, the, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. When you have faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. And that's the good news because before Christ, what? Before Christ, we had no way of being satisfied because we had no way of reaching righteousness, getting righteousness. And then the good news came, the good news about how God makes us right with his Son. And again, we don't change our condition, our position before God. He changes us, right? 2 Corinthians 5, 21, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God. Again, we, don't, we have nothing to do in this equation of righteousness. We receive it. We can't do it. We receive it. It's like a Christmas gift, right? A Christmas gift. Now, at Christmas time... We all sit down in a tree, you know, and we get, to, we get to open presents. And I grab a present, and before I open that, Melissa doesn't tell me, now hang on a second. You've got to do the dishes five times, do the laundry ten times, and vacuum and mop before you can open that present, does she? I mean, we would not be married if that was the case. I'm just telling you that right now. No, she puts no stipulation. It's a gift. She gets me a gift. She gives me a gift. So what's my responsibility in that deal? I just receive it, right? That's my whole role in this orchestration here. I, I just receive it. 
That's all I got to do. That's all you and I got to do. It's a gift from God that we receive. Look at Ephesians 2.8. For by grace you've been saved through faith. And it's not your own doing. I love that part. It's not your own doing. You have, nothing, you have no part of this equation, right? Why? Because it's the gift of God. It's a gift. We treat it like a gift. We don't earn that gift. We don't make certain marks. We don't, you know, hey, I, I tithe. I came to church. I even went to prayer night. Come on, that's bonus points. No. Those are all good things. But that doesn't make it right with God. We receive that gift on the cross. He says, finished. What's finished? His work to pay for your sins. That's what's finished. We can't add nothing to it. That's the difference between Christianity and all other religions. Do or receive. A lot of religions will tell you, do this, 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 and God will love you. But how I read my Bible is that if I receive with faith all he's done for me, that's the only way he's going to receive me. Faith. We don't have to do. He's already done it. So God makes us righteous, right? So God makes us righteous. So then righteousness is being made right with God. And the second part of righteousness I want you to see is walking in a relationship with God. This is righteousness. Being made right with God and walking in a relationship with God. Right? So righteousness is not just about a position or a practice. It's not just you and I come to God one day, but you walk with Him every day. It's a lifestyle. We walk with God. Here's where I think a lot of Christians get in trouble. They try to walk in the ways of God apart from God. You catch that? They try to walk in the ways of God apart from God. What does that look like? That means you come on a Sunday morning, you sing some songs, but from Monday through Saturday, you don't even think about God one other time. Yeah, you're a Christian. Okay, explain that to me. How do you walk with God apart from God? It doesn't make sense, right? I mean, am I the only one that sees this? It does not make sense. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Who abides in, my, in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Here it is. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That's why we walk in the Lord. That's why we walk with the Lord. Jesus is saying, I am the source of life. So what happens when that branch is not connected to the vine? Well, it's not rocket science. It's probably going to die, isn't it? That's us when we're disconnected from Christ. We're dying spiritually. When we're created with this hunger inside of us, and whether you know it or not, your soul hungers for God. You know, it's like um, appliance in your, your home, like a refrigerator. If you unplug that refrigerator... What good is that refrigerator? The refrigerator still exists, doesn't it? Yeah, it exists in your home. But it's not doing what it's meant to do, is it? That's you apart from God. That's you with just a Sunday morning relationship with God. You exist, but you're not fulfilling your purpose Monday through Saturday. You're just looking pretty. There's nothing cold inside. That's us apart from God. It's all about Him. 
Jesus says, I know that you're hungry and I am the answer to that hunger. Everything else in life we chase leaves us empty. Everything but Jesus. Walking with Jesus. Talking with Jesus. Worshiping Jesus. Listening to Jesus. Thinking about Jesus. Thinking Jesus. There's nothing else. That's why Christ is telling us, stop wasting our lives on things that don't satisfy. Stop filling up on junk food. Stop filling up on the, the junk of the world and saying, hey, you need this. You need to, you got to post. You got to have an Instagram following. You got to post a pretty, you know, hashtag no filter. All this junk trying to fill up and trying to make you worthy in some way. God's like, quit filling up on the junk food. I mean, let's be honest, guys. You know, we, we uh, you know, we'll go out and we stop at a gas station we get a drink, and we get that little Debbie. We make sure we pound that little Debbie before we get home so the wife doesn't know about it, right? Come on. You stop in your truck, and you eat that Pop-Tart real quick before anybody sees you, eat that Pop-Tart. I mean, come on. We're good at filling up on junk in our lives. God's like, are you serious or not? Because I can tell you how to get filled, or you can stop filling up on this junk food and not be satisfied. And there's so, what does our world want? What does everybody in our world want? They want to be satisfied. How many people are not satisfied with their job? How many are not satisfied with their marriage? How many are not satisfied or where they're at in life today? Everybody you turn around to, you rub shoulders with, that's the number one thing in our country today. They're just not satisfied. Because they're filling up on all this junk food. Now, that's good for a moment. I mean, be honest, that Pop-Tart, come on. Cookies and cream all the way. It's good going down. But then you ride your bike for 20 miles, you look down how many calories you burn. Like, that's not even half a Pop-Tart. It's so deflating. I mean, it's just, it's miserable, right? So why even fill up with this stuff? St. Augustine said it this way. Thou hast made us for thyself, and our heart is restless until it rests in thee. Psalms 107.9 says, For he satisfies a longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. The hungry soul. That brings us all the way back to Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirst for righteousness, and they should be filled. This is not just a one-time experience. A better translation is verse. What it's really meant in the Greek and the Hebrew is blessed are those who are hungering and thirsting, and they will be continually filled. It's not just a one-time fill. It's a continually fill. That's where the, the, the physical is different from the spiritual. In the physical, we get hungry by not eating. In the spiritual, we get hungry by eating. Let me show you how this looks like. Your, your hunger increases by being satisfied. You know, the holidays are really close. And there's nothing better than Thanksgiving, is there? Like when we go home, my mom and dad's, my dad always smokes a beautiful turkey. We have the big ham, a, a salty ham. Some of you people call ham that has pineapples and cherries. That is not ham. I don't know what that is. That's not ham, okay? You got to have salty ham. So we fix a beautiful smoked turkey, a salty ham, have all the fixings, you know, and you get there, and it's all laid out, and you eat. And it's like the more you eat, the more hungry you are. Get this is so good, right? And mom even kind of leaves most of it out all day. And it's like you're just grazing all day. You're full, but it's so good you can't get enough, right? 
And then you remember, oh, yeah, there's four-layer dessert in the, in the fridge. Like, oh, my gosh. We got it. You can't not eat that. I mean, come on, right? And it's like you just the more you get, it's like the better it is. Oh, it's so good. I want some more of that. That's the spiritual hunger that God creates in you and I. It's like, it's like when we get hungry and we see a little portion of God, it's like, oh, we get so excited. Like, oh, that's so good. I can't wait to what's next. And then that becomes our prayer. Like, God, show me a little bit more of you. Show me a part of you I've never seen before. God, reveal yourself. So we start praying like Moses. God, let me see your glory. Okay, you can't handle it, but let me just see like the, the back of your glory. Or let me just get a peek through a door of your glory. Let me just get a little taste. And that hunger produces more hunger, right? That's the hunger that God wants to create in you. That's when we become satisfied. You'll never get too much of God. It's not possible. So what do I do? Okay, so I'm, by now you guys are all hungry, right? So you're in here this morning and you're asking the question, so what I do if I'm here and if I'm honest that I don't have a hunger for the Lord? I hear you, Pastor, but I mean, I'm good. Well, when you're, when you're not physically hungry, remember that's a red flag for something's wrong, right? And the same for us in our spirit. When, when there's an absence of hunger in our spirit for God, that's a red flag that something's wrong. And now's the time I've been praying for you guys, praying the Lord would soften some of your hearts, that maybe you'd be honest with this question this morning. Are you hungry for God? Or you're at the place where, like, well, I'm pretty good, you know? I mean, I got a good job. I got a good family. Uh, I haven't really thought about that. Maybe this morning it's a red flag for you saying, hey, something, something's not right. <laughs> you haven't ate in a long time. There, there, there's something wrong with that. And so what do we do? So I want to stir up some spiritual appetite for us. I want to ask the worship team to come back because I need to wrap this up. So I'll hurry through these. But I, I'll put us down some ways to create a spiritual hunger in us. And the first way is remind ourselves of God's love for us. Remind yourself of God's love for you. You remember the, 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 the last video we saw, the last Gideon video? How the man was saying that once he realized as a kid... All the love that God had for him, it changed something inside of him, right? When you understand everything that God has done for you, it changes something. It stirs you up. We should be doing this every day, reminding us how much he loves us. Instead, what do we do? Instead, often we make the focus about us. I can't tell you how many times I heard this. Oh, pastor, you know, I just struggle to read the Bible, or I struggle to pray, or, or I don't think I love God enough. We're thinking of it all wrong. We don't understand how much he loves us. That's where we start. 1 John 4, 19. We love because why? Because he first loved us. So your love begins with God. He started it. That's why every day we remind ourselves how much he loves us. And we think about all the ways he loves us. We think about how much he blessed us. We think about how much he's, he's healed you. He's restored you. He's adopted you. Hello, 1 John 3, 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. So we take in context all he's done for us, how much he loves us, 
that stirs up a hunger to know this man more, to know him more. Ephesians 3, 17 and 19. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, I love this, verse 18, may have strength, get this, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge. And look at this, to know the love of Christ, right? That you may be filled that you may be satisfied, that you may be full of the fullness of God. That's what happens. That stirs up a hunger as we understand his love, understand what he's done for you. Then we want to know him more. Then we have hunger for him. The second thing, we have to prioritize knowing God. We have to make it a priority in our life. You know, unbeknownst to many in our culture, you get to prioritize the things in your life. I know it's a shocker, but you get to prioritize the things in your life. You know, there's a lot of individuals who say, well, I don't have the time for this. Come on. You make time for what you want to make time for. Be honest. You are in charge of your schedule. So let's get crazy this morning. Let me ask you, what would happen in your life if you organized everything around knowing God? Wow. You talk about a game changer. You organize everything in your life around knowing God. And let me be clear, by knowing God, I I mean, you know his voice. You know his voice because you spent time with him. You know his voice because you've been reading about him. You know his voice because you've been worshiping him. You know his voice because you've been listening to him. Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you third thing we can do to stir up hunger is consume his word we know this breathes life i mean you talk about the original soul food the word of god is the original soul food matthew 4 4 but he answered it is written man shall not live by bread alone but every word that comes from the mouth of god this is how we stir up hunger in us let me ask you this question how many of you could go one day without eating and drinking anything Good luck. But we go weeks without opening the Word of God. There's spiritual death there. If you don't open this Word of God within weeks, come on, you're dead inside. There's no hunger. There's nothing there. You cannot survive spiritually without reading the Word of God. Listening to the Word of God. Letting the Word of God get into your life, get into your head. This is how we stir up hunger. This is how we come alive. We We get in the Word of God. Look at 2 Timothy 3.16. I love this. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction. And look at the last part. And for what? Training in righteousness. That's how we get satisfied. We look in the word of God. That's training for us. That's how we get hungry. Fourthly, be around hungry people. Isn't it funny how you're with your spouse or with a friend and they're like, man, I'm hungry. You're like, yeah, I could eat. You know, and all of a sudden you're hungry, right? If you ever had kids, you know this to be true. You have like, if, if you have lots of kids, your, your kid has kids over, like a whole neighborhoods at your house. And then one kid has to pipe up and say what? Hey, I can use a snack. It's like boom, 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 boom. They're all like, oh yeah, snack, 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 snack. 
by the end of it, you're feeding every snot-nosed kid in the neighborhood, aren't you? Because it just, it just went, right? The, the, the hunger, it, your appetite is influenced. So be around hungry people. Be around people who challenge you. Be around people that go to you and say, hey, hey, you won't believe what I read in my devotion today. Hey, you won't believe what God's speaking to me. Hey, you won't believe this verse. You want to be around those people. You don't want to be around those people who haven't cracked their Bible open in three weeks. That's not going to stir up nothing inside of you. Be around people who are hungry. And lastly, you know, I'll stop here. Stop sneaking the junk food. Come on, we're addicted to junk food, aren't we? Stop sneaking the junk food. If you're not hungry for God, maybe this means you're filling up on the wrong stuff. Maybe you're filling up with, with life, with the relationships, with job, with money, with the, 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 your life on the internet. Maybe you're filling up with the TV. I, I don't know. Maybe you're filling up with politics. Maybe you're filling up with all this junk food. What that means is you're starving yourself spiritually. Look at this verse. I love this. Isaiah 55, 1 and 2. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money... Come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money, without price. Look at verse 2. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in rich food. Stop sneaking the junk food. Jesus is crying out to you and I, come, come hungry and I will satisfy I will satisfy. I mean, if you started a marketing campaign, I have something that's going to satisfy you. You would make billions in our world today. Everybody wants to be satisfied. Why don't you stand with me this morning? I want to ask you to do this with me this morning. Think about your own life right now. Think about your own life and ask yourself, what is consuming you? What are you filling up on? What's consuming your life right now? Is your life full of little Debbies or you're getting some, some good stuff, some meat, some vegetables in your, in your diet? Is your life full of, of reaching a certain status or your life, life full of having so many likes? Is your life full of thinking, letting everybody think you're something you're not? Is your life full of getting that car, that house, that job? What is your life full of right now? Maybe there's some junk food in your life that you need to give up so you can be satisfied. Because yeah, you can partake in that donut that lasts you an hour or two, then you're going to crash. Maybe you start with a well-balanced diet. That lasts you to a party lunchtime. We can keep allowing the world to influence us on our diets. Or we can stir up this hunger inside of us. Lord, I, I just want more of you. Lord, just reveal yourself to me. Lord, make your scriptures come to life for me, Lord. Lord, speak to me. Lord, let me hear you this morning.
and we begin to get hunger for God. And it's like the more you get of Him, the more hungry in God. That's what we need today. We need to be hungry because there's a 20-mile radius of Brighton. There's 11,570 people that do not know the Lord. And we're not going to reach them with a diet of junk food. We're going to need a people who's hungry for the Lord. Because your hunger is going to rub off on somebody else. And you're going to influence that person next to you. You're going to influence your neighbor. You're going to influence your coworker because you're hungry. How are you going to influence them? You hunger for the Lord or hunger for the world? This morning I'm going to have the worship teams lead us. And I want to ask very seriously, would you consider... Where's your hunger for the Lord? And I almost think 100% of us say, I could be more hungry. I, I, I could be more hungry. So I'm going to open up these altars. I want to ask you to spend a little time with the Lord. You can come down front. You can kneel at your seat, stand at your seat. But spend a little time with Jesus. Ask Him to stir this hunger inside of you. Ask Him that tomorrow you wake up hungry for him Tuesday afternoon this hunger overtakes you that you've got to open the word of God Wednesday that you this hunger overtakes you you got to say a prayer to the Lord that Thursday you go to bed hungry in prayer because you just want more of Jesus you just want to be close to Jesus you just want to hear his voice right now would you do that make the altar somewhere ask that the Lord would stir up a hunger inside of you would you join me this morning